Hello, and welcome to this special edition of the Management Matters podcast. I'm Caitlin Bloom, Director of Fellow Engagement at the National Academy of Public Administration. This week, we are releasing a special series in celebration of Public Service Recognition Week, where we will be speaking with fellows of the Academy that represent different levels of government, the nonprofit sector, and academia. We are excited to hear about their journey to public service, their lessons learned and best practices, and their advice for future leaders. On this episode, I'm speaking with John Hicks, the State Budget Director for the Commonwealth of Kentucky and an Academy Fellow. John, thank you for joining and welcome. Thank you, Caitlin. Glad to be here with you. So given that it is Public Service Recognition Week, John, I'd like to know what brought you into a career in public service? Well, I actually had a natural start to my career. I grew up in a capital city in Frankfort, Kentucky. And so not a, it's one of the smallest capital cities in the country, right? So very dominated by Kentucky state government as a, as a major employer and neighbors and friends, you know, often, you know, work in, in the government. My father actually managed the health insurance contract for all state employees with Blue Cross and Blue Shield. So I had a large family. My mom would kick some of us out in the summer and make us go with dad to work. He would visit all the various departments and agencies, you know, as a part of what he was doing. So I became really aware of kind of how it was organized, what went on at, at a very young age. So, so, so that was kind of a, you know, a, a grounding in there. And then when I, when I went to college, I was a political science major with a business minor. I didn't know if I wanted to go to law school or somewhere else, but you don't get a job with a political science degree, right? That you get an education. I decided against law school and actually went to a master's of public administration program at the University of Kentucky. That was my vocational school. I went there to get a job, to get a career. And I had taken several classes as an undergrad that were master's level courses in my undergraduate school and found it to my liking and was always interested in government, even when I was a student and undergraduate. So uh, one other thing that happened while I was a senior in college, there was a six-month internship program with Kentucky State Government where you went and you worked full-time for a state agency. And we also had classes taught by practitioners in the field. And so I got to work for the Kentucky State Police Planning Office for six months. And I have to say, that was a pretty cool job, uh, you know, to be around, you know, a law enforcement agency at the same time getting to assist them with uh, some of their uh, efforts in in uh, budgeting and in legislation and in research. So ultimately, I went to get a master's of public administration at UK. And I was getting ready to graduate right in the middle of a pretty significant recession in the early 80s. But I was fortunate and got an internship with the state budget office uh, doing their very first capital plan. That actually turned into a full-time job. So I got a job in the middle of a recession in, in, a, in state government in the budget office. And having been around the people that worked there for about six, uh, four or five months, I was really taken with the job. It fit my analytical interest as well as my you know, public service interest. It was a central government agency you know, that got to see the whole government. And that was just fascinating to me. Those things kicked off my interest in public service. It was a combination of something I liked and, and something that fell in my lap. Uh, so I, 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 was, uh, I was prepared, but also fortunate, which I think is a, a good measure of luck. Absolutely. 
And now you were at the National Association of State Budget Directors and then came back to Kentucky. What's the best part of your job and what brought you back to Kentucky? Well, you know, the best part of the job is, you know, making a positive difference in such a wide variety of governmental programs and services. The public service in me was like, I get a chance to make a difference, uh, even if it's in a small way. And, and that's very rewarding. I had a long career uh, in, in Kentucky state government when the opening at the National Association of State Budget Officers, uh, the executive director, uh, went to the National Governors Association. So uh, my wife and I, our children were grown. She was willing to take an adventure. And so we moved to D.C. for four years and got to lead that nonprofit among my peers, you know, all these state budget directors and their staffs across the 50 states and the territories. And that was that was great. I went from, you know, a thousand miles an hour every day to a hundred miles an hour where you could stop, think, prepare. You know, what can we do for the field? How can we help our membership? You know, what's going on that we can share with one another? And it was a it was really a wonderful way for me to at the time, I thought that was going to cap my career. I loved working with with that organization and what they do. Then an election happened in Kentucky for governor. And uh, I had worked with for seven governors prior prior to that in my career. And and the son of a former governor won. And so, you know, I decided I wanted to come back and help out. And so uh, so that was the reason I returned. It was a tough call. But but, you know, the, the lure of coming back home and helping a new governor uh, get their agenda going, get their first budget in. Uh, was really an attraction to me. And so so that's what happened. So we're now getting ready. We're in year three of this new administration. I miss Washington, D.C. and working with my colleagues across the country. But this was a an opportunity you know, that I didn't want to pass up. But the best part of the job, you don't add on that. Uh, not only do we get to make a positive contribution, one of the things we get to do in, in organizations, particularly in, in, at, the, at the upper levels of organizations, is we get to keep bad things from happening. So not only do you get to play offense by doing something good and improving and serving and providing, you also get, you have the expertise and the experience to prevent bad things from taking place. That happens at least once every day. And so uh, it's, an, it's kind of an unknown uh, uh, role, you know, that, that many of us play at, at senior levels. The other thing is in, in the public service, particularly in government, it's a dynamic work environment. We used to have this saying, I learn something new every day. And, you know, and now it's almost 40 years that I've been involved in this and I still get up in the morning and want to go to work uh, because of the kinds of things I get to, you know, to see, to observe, to participate in. And, and then as, as, a, as you work through your career, the ability to bring past experiences into the current day's issues is something that as a senior person, you know, I find rewarding and, and it's very helpful you get to bring the wisdom of experience to current problems. While there are new problems, there are a lot of uh, same old problems that, uh, that occur, you know, in, in government and in large organizations. And so, so, you know, so there are a lot to part. And then the people, as we're celebrating Public Service Week, Recognition Week, you know, there are a lot of people in government who are there for all the right reasons, who want to contribute, who want a good career, who want a good job, but also who want to do things well. And that kind of spirit kind of inhabits, you know, a lot of the work environments, you know, in, in governmental service. And, and I can't, uh, I can't uh, answer this question without touching on, you know, the kinds of people we get the opportunity to work with. 
So given that you've been in the field for 40 years at the state level, how have you seen the field evolve? You know, having the opportunity to be, a, I'll say, a student first of, of public finance, uh, one of the, uh, the, the emphasis in my master's program years ago was in public sector finance. And so in the world of budgeting, I've, I've been lucky to have been a part and observed of some significant changes in state government budgeting practices. Among the best practices that, that states have really moved into in that period of time was uh, having reserve uh, reserves, financial reserves. We call them rainy day funds. Those were not common, you know, until the you know early and mid '80s, uh, if not later into the '90s. Uh, but they became a, a really important element of your financial stability and your resilience and ability for a government to provide its services, even through the ups and downs of recessions and recoveries. Another area was uh, in budgeting, structural balance is a term we use, which is to ensure that your recurring resources and your recurring revenues match up fairly well so that you're not setting yourself up for a tough situation should should the downturn in the economy occur. And it's a really important thing. It's tough to, to maybe sometimes persuade political decision makers you know, that the decisions they're making now, which is they're sometimes looking at the next election, understandably, you know, really have to wear well as you move forward in the future. So that has been a best practice that that I've gotten to participate in and seen my peers across the country pay more and more attention to. Another is debt capacity. You know, states issue bonds, you know, for capital purposes, primarily. And uh, it's another area in which you watch closely. What is your capacity to issue debt? What is your uh, tolerance for the level of debt? How much of those fixed costs are you willing to kind of put into your financial plans for the next 20 years? Uh, What are the right things to do uh, uh, when financing uh, long-term for governmental services and and facilities and buildings and, and IT systems, et cetera? So those are several areas that I've seen in state budgeting, you know, that that have taken place and have kind of melded into the standard operating procedures of many states. And in fact, now thing entities like the rating agencies, Moody's, S and P, Fitch, you know, they've they've started paying attention to those elements as well. You know, so your rating outlook, your rating can can be adjusted based upon your. Uh, success, I'll say, in achieving these best practices as as a managerial view of government finance. So, uh, uh, you know, but in budgeting, it's the age old issue of limited resources being allocated to kind of a nearly unlimited set of needs and wants. And and in that regard, you know, the, the major the major problem in public budgeting still remains you know, how do you allocate limited resources uh, among many constituencies and needs? It, but, you know, with, with working with elected officials who make those decisions, governors, state legislatures, it's a fun process, right? Because there's so many decisions, so many options and alternatives and bringing to bear the persuasive case, you know, on, on what you want to do differently, you know, is really uh, needs to be supported by, you know, long-term uh, civil service experienced people who, who develop the fact base, the evidence and, and, uh, and the research that helps support those decisions. Absolutely. And I would encourage our listeners to, uh, to listen to your podcast, which will 
link to this one um, to learn more about state budgeting as you talked more in detail about that with our present CEO, Terry Girton. My last uh, and final question for you is what advice would you give future public servants if they wanted a career in state government? My first uh, uh, piece of advice is state governments are often one of the largest organizations in a state, public or private. And so there, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity in, you know, so the hard part is getting in. So that front door, getting that first job. But then there's so many opportunities to be able to move throughout your career among that single but large organization. So my advice for people is get, when you get into a position, become a subject matter expert. Make yourself invaluable. I mean, there's no small process in a governmental agency in which you cannot uh, become, you know, the go-to person, the individual who understands it inside and out and understand how it relates to the larger, larger processes or programs you're working in. That is something that I've seen when I, when I look for, I call them stars, people who I, you can just see their capacity, their ability, uh, you know, that they're going to be really good, you know, great state employees. Uh, I see that commonality in them as they tackle an area and they become, you know, really, you know, expertise, uh, expert in, the, in that field. Uh, and then my advice is keep looking around. In, in our, in state governments and many of my peers, I've talked to them, we don't, we want people to expand their horizons. We want people, uh, oftentimes in a state budget office, we're sometimes a training ground in which we send some of our staff to other agencies to, to, you know, for them to get out there and develop their skills and a wider range of maybe their administrative experiences. Uh, and we recycle one another. And so, so look for opportunities. Uh, where do you, what do you like once you've gotten into a job? What do you want to pursue? What's a public policy area that may be your passion? Uh, you know, because state governments do an awful lot from education, criminal justice, transportation, uh, you know, we're the leading level of government in all three of those areas in the United States. And so there's lots of, you know, lots of, uh, of opportunities out there. So, so those are, those, that's my advice, Caitlin, to people is to come in with a, a spirit of wanting to learn and mastering uh, your, your subject area and, and keep, keep your eyes open. You may think you're in a great spot, but there may be a greater spot elsewhere in the government for you. John, I want to thank you for sharing your journey with us, some insights on how the field of state budgeting has evolved, and practical advice for future public servants. Stay tuned for our next episode in this special series of Management Matters, celebrating public service recognition week.